2020 Calabasas helicopter crash. On January 26, 2020, a Sikorsky S-760 helicopter crashed in the city of Calabasas, California, around 30 miles, 48 kilometers northwest of downtown Los Angeles, while en route from John Way Airport to Camar Camarillo Airport. All nine people on board were killed on impact. Retired professional basketball player Kobe Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, baseball coach John Atobelli, five other passengers and the pilot. Investigative updates published by the National Transportation Safety Board during the accident investigation state that the helicopter was not fitted with a flight data recorder, FDR, or cockpit voice recorder, CVR, nor was it required to be. There is no evidence of drug or alcohol use and that viewable sections of the engine showed no evidence of an uncontained or catastrophic internal failure. Accident. On January 26, 2020, at approximately 9.06 a.m. PST, Pacific Time Zone, 17.06, Coordinated Universal Time, UTC, the nine passengers and crew of the helicopter departed from John Wayne Airport, SNA in Orange County, California, in the 1991 Sarkovsky S-76B helicopter, registration N72EX, along with seven other people, including John Antobelli, head baseball coach at Orange Coast College and pilot Ara Sobayan. They were heading to a basketball game at Bryant's Mamba Sports Academy in Newbury Park, where Bryant was scheduled to coach Gianna's team. Flight records show that the helicopter had flown the same journey the day before without incident to Camarillo Airport, CMA, a major general aviation airport about 20 minutes by car from Mamba Sports Academy. The previous day's flight had taken only 30 minutes. In contrast, driving from Bryant's home in Newport Beach to the Academy would have taken at least two hours. Weather conditions. A number of video recordings of the crash area were available, and although none showed the crash itself, the sound of the helicopter and the crash was recorded. In particular, surveillance cameras installed at the Agora Pony baseball field provided overlapping coverage of the final parts of the flight path. The FAA conducted visibility study which used frequency analysis to determine when the aircraft made the closest approach to each camera, ground speed, engine, RPM, and determined likely in-flight visibility by comparing video recorded during the accident during the accident period to clear sky imagery. The report concluded that at the moment of the accident, the estimated visibility ranged was between one to one and a half miles. 1 to 6 to 2.4 kilometers. Los Angeles Police Airport Division had grounded its police helicopters on the morning of January 2016 to poor visibility and low ceiling. Air Support Division rules require at least 2 miles, 3.2 kilometers of visibility and an 800 foot, 240 meter uh, cloud ceiling. At the time, the N72EX took off from SNA. Visibility was 5 miles, 8.0 kilometers, with a ceiling of 1,300 feet, 400 meters. It was operated by Island Express Helicopters Incorporated as a 14 CFR 135 
Part 135, On-Demand Passenger Flight Under Visual Flight Rules, VFR. Flying through clouds is possible if a pilot elects to operate under Instrument Flight Rules, IFR, but the company's Part 135 Operating Certificate issued in 1998 limited operations to on-demand VFR-only flights. If the company's operating certificate rules had allowed for flying under IFR, that option could still have led to lengthy delays and detours, thereby using up any anticipated time savings because of severe uh, jet because of severe congestion in Los Angeles controlled airspace. Bryant's celebrity status would not have given the helicopter priority in that airspace. According to an automated weather station, the ceiling distance from ground to bottom of the cloud layer at the Van Nuys Airport was 1,100 feet, 340 meters above ground level, closer to the site of the crash. The cloud top extended up to 2,400 feet, 730 meters above mean sea level. Flight. Because visual flight rules prohibit a flight from, prohibit a flight from flying into or near clouds, the helicopter... remained at an altitude of 700 or 800 feet, 210 or 240 meters above mean sea level, AMSL, in parentheses, while flying northwest from SNN. On most of his previous flights to Camarillo, the helicopter had turned west at downtown Los Angeles and flown over the Santa Monica Mountains until it picked up the Ventura Freeway US 101. On January 26, that was not an option for VFR flights because of a deep marine layer which had pushed fog from the Pacific Ocean into the Santa Monica Mountains. Instead, the helicopter continued northwest, passed over Boyle Heights near Dodger Stadium, and began following the route of the Golden State Freeway I-F as the flight approached Glendale. Pilot Zobayan requested permission from the Burbank Airport air traffic controllers to transition to following the Ventura Freeway, US 101 in parentheses. Burbank controllers advising that weather conditions around the airport dictated IFR and held the helicopter circling in a holding pattern for 11 minutes starting at 921 um, AM 1721 UTC before granting it permission to proceed into the controlled airspace around Burbank Airport. The hold allowed two inbound flights to land while holding. Burbank informed Sobayan, sorry, Sobayan, the cloud top extended to an altitude of 2,400 2, feet, 730 meters. Burbank called Van Nuys, which was also operating under IFR, and, Bur and Van Nuys advised Burbank to take Sobayan north of Van Nuys. Permission to proceed was granted at 9.32 a.m. 1732 UTC under special VFR, requiring the pilot to stay under 2,500 feet, 760 meters altitude. The helicopter climbed to an altitude of 1,400 feet, 430 meters AMSL, which Sylvain confirmed with Van Nuys at 9.35 a.m. 1735 UTC. After proceeding to the Burbank Control Airspace, the flight turned west following the Ronald Reagan Freeway SR-118. 
As it passed into the Van Nuys Airport controlled airspace, the Van Nuys controller shortly afterward approved a turn southwest towards Ventura Freeway, US 101 at 9.39 a.m. 7.39 UTC. So Bayans then confirmed he was still in at VFR flight conditions at 1,500 feet, 460 meters, and acknowledged the handoff to Southern California Air Traffic Control C SCT. CST, right? CST, Southern California Air Traffic Control, made his first contact with Zobane at 9.40 a.m., 1740 UTC, confirming the helicopter's altitude and continued operation under VFR conditions. CST informed Zobane that at the aircraft's current altitude and position, they would lose communication and radar contact shortly, advising him to squawk VFR until he could contact Camarillo on the radio. By 9.42 a.m., 1742 UTC, the helicopter had started following the Ventura Freeway West, entering more hilly terrain at the western edge of the San Fernando Valley. The CST controller was relieved by a different controller at 9.43 a.m., 1743 UTC. At 9.44 seconds, it was 9.44 at 34 seconds a.m., 1744 at 44 seconds UTC. So Ben advised CST that N72EX would be climbing above the cloud cover. The relieving CST controller asked Sylvain to identify an action he was requesting flight following a tracking service that would have provided VFR flight with continuous verbal updates on air traffic. Sylvain confirmed that he was in response to a question about his intentions. Advised air, air traffic controller at 945 with 15 seconds left AM, 1745 with 15 seconds left UTC that he would level out at 4,000 feet, 1,200 meters. This was the last transmission made by Sylvain. As it approached higher ground, the helicopter began to climb, gaining approximately 1,000 feet, 300 meters of altitude in 36 seconds. According to transponder data, the helicopter first entered a climbing turn to the left, taking a southern heading and peaking at an altitude of 2,300 feet, 700 meters, AMSL, 1,500 feet, 460 meters above ground level AGL. Eight seconds later at about 9.45 with 18 seconds left in the morning, 17.45 UTC, the helicopter continued its left turn to the southeast, started to descend rapidly. It reached a descent rate of more than 4,000 feet slash minutes, 20 M slash S in a ground speed of 160 knots, 300 km slash H, before it struck a hillside at an elevation of approximately 1,085 feet, 331 meters. Their crash altitude at the last recorded ADS dash B signal, 945, 36 seconds left, was 1,295 feet, 395 meters. Impact emergency response helicopter crashed and caught fire in Calabasas, California, near the intersection of Los Virgenes Road and Willow Queen Street, as reported by, 911, by a 911 emergency call at 9.47 a.m., 17.47 UTC. The crash occurred on the New Millennium Loop Trail on a hillside behind the headquarters of the Los Virgenes Municipal Water District. The hillside is public 
land managed by both the Water District and another government agency known as the Mountains Recreation and Conservation Authority. And forms part of a small valley that also happens to be under the upper end. And forms part of a small valley that also happens to be the upper end of Malibu Canyon. The impact crater was 24 feet by 15 feet in diameter and 2 feet deep. And the main wreckage came to rest about 127 feet away from the point of initial impact at an angle of 347 degrees where it was consumed by fire. Much of the helicopter cabin cockpit instrumentation were highly fragmented and destroyed by the impact and subsequent fire. The helicopter came down between two groups of mountain bikers who called 911. Witnesses reported the helicopter's engine was sputtering before the crash. Others reported seeing the helicopter flying into the ground at a fairly significant rate of speed, in quotation. The sputtering was in quotations too. It is unclear whether a distress call was made. The crash started at one fourth acre, 1,000 into the second power. Brush fire that was difficult to distinguish because of the presence of magnesium, which reacts with, ox with oxygen and water. Los Angeles County Fire Department firefighters responded to the scene and extinguished the fire by 10.30. The debris from the crash was scattered on steep terrain over a field estimated to extend 500 to 600 feet, 150 to 180 meters. Firefighters hiked to the site and paramedics were paled from a helicopter to the scene but could not locate any survivors. All nine occupants of the helicopter were killed in the crash. Based on, uh, based on examinations by the Los Angeles County Department of Medical Examiner Coroner, all nine occupants died from blunt trauma victims. The following nine victims, the following nine individuals were all killed immediately in the crash. Alyssa Altobelli, 14, team Mamba Girls basketball team player. John Altobelli, 56, head basketball coach at Orange Coast College and father of Alyssa. Carrie Altobelli, 46, mother of Alyssa and wife of John. Gianna Bryant, 13, team Mamba player. Kobe Bryant, 41, retired National Basketball Association player for the Los Angeles Lakers, head coach of team Mamba and father of Gianna. Uh, Peyton Chester, 13, team Mamba player. Sarah Chester, 45, mother of Peyton. Christina Mazur, 36, 38, assistant coach for team Mamba. Ara Zobain, 50, pilot the helicopter, often transported the Bryant's aircraft. Until 2015, the Sir-Sarkosky the Sir S-76B helicopter N-72EX was owned by the government of the state of Illinois, which used it to transport governors and other officials. According to FAA and California Secretary of State records, the helicopter was registered to the Island Express Holding Cooperation based in Fillmore, California. The passenger compartment of the helicopter was converted from configuration seating 12 as N761LL to 8 after the sail to Island Express. The aircraft did not have a flight data recorder, FDR, or cockpit voice recorder, CBR. Helicopters in the U.S. are not required to carry them. Although the S-76B originally had a CBR installed, Records show that Island Express removed the CBR shortly after acquiring the helicopter from the Illinois state government in March 2016. The helicopter was also not equipped with a terrain awareness and warning system, TAWS, although the NTSB recommended that all helicopters equipped with, equipped with six or more passenger seats, with, that although the 
NTSB recommended that all helicopters equipped with six or more passenger seats be equipped with a TAWS after a 2004 S-76 crash. The FAA did not implement the recommendation. It was not generally known in the aftermath of the crash whether Bryant had charged the aircraft or leased it full-time. Bryant's company had begun negotiations with OC Helicopters OCH in 2012 and 2013 to provide an on-demand charter helicopter service requiring the use of a twin-engine helicopter and a pre-screened list of acceptable pilots. Because OCH only had a single-engine helicopter, Island Express was sub was subcontract for Bryant's flight starting in 2015. And so, Bain, and so Bain became the preferred pilot. OCH had developed a business relationship with Island Express starting in approximately 2014 when OCH began subcontracting charter flights to Island Express. Reporting The operations manager of OC Helicopters called the vice president of Island Express around 9.45 a.m. asking for the current location of the helicopter as the flight tracking application spider tracks had stopped tracking at 9.45 a.m. The vice president called the general manager of the Island Express was unable to reach the pilot over DHF radio and Island Express activated the emergency response plan at 9.58 a.m. The company launched another helicopter to the site of the last track position from the Queensway helicopter in Long Beach. At 10.22 a.m., but the later flight was recalled at 10.27 a.m. after a crash had been confirmed at the site. 11.24 a.m., less than two hours after the crash, TMZ was the first news source to confirm Bryant's death. TMZ was later criticized by local law enforcement for reporting the story before the coroner's office had the opportunity to confirm the identities of the helicopters as occupants and inform their families. Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva stated it would be extremely disrespectful to understand that your loved one had perished and learned that through TMZ. By 2.30 p.m., the Los Angeles County Sheriff and Los Angeles County Fire Department held a joint press conference detailing initial aspects of the crash. Los Angeles County Fire Chief Daryl Osby confirmed the, federal, confirmed the Federal Aviation Administration and the National Transportation Safety Board, NTSB, were on the scene investigating. A GO team consisting of 18 people, including specialists and investigators from the NTSB, TSB arrived in the evening to search for a flight recorder. Sheriff Villanueva urged people to stay away because people are flooded into red. Sheriff Villanueva urged people to stay away because people had flooded into residential neighborhoods around the crash site, and the traffic was getting in the way of responders. The FAA imposed a five-mile no-fly zone around the crash site, up to an altitude of 5,000 feet, at the request of Bryant's wife. Vanessa in order to protect the victim's privacy. The medical examiner coroner was able to initially remove the remains of three of the nine victims overnight. In response to attempts at unauthorized access during the first evening after the crash, Sheriff Villanueva assigned deputies to patrol the rough terrain on horseback and all-terrain vehicles to, in order to enforce a secure perimeter and prevent access by souvenir hunters. It was later reported that Los Angeles County Sheriff deputies had taken and shared unauthorized graphic photos of the crash scene and were ordered by Sheriff Villanueva to delete the photographs to avoid discipline. The deletion of these photos led the Sheriff Civilian Oversight Commission to question whether that amounted to a cover-up. It was reported the following day that the pilot was told that he was at a too low level for flight following, which he had apparently requested 
by air traffic controllers moments before the helicopter crashed to the hillside. This means that the helicopter was too low to be tracked by air traffic control, but does not necessarily mean that it was too low to fly safely. By January 28th, all nine bodies have been recovered from the crash site by the medical examiner coroner. The bodies of Kobe Bryant and three others were identified through fingerprints on January 28th. And the five other bodies were identified on January 30th after DNA testing and analysis. Autopsies were concluded on January 28th. By February 1st, the medical examiner coroner had released most of the victims' bodies to their families, including the Bryants. Legal actions, February 24th, 2020, Vanessa Bryant, Kobe Bryant's wife and the mother of Gianna filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Island Express, the helicopter company that was transporting the eight passengers as well as the heirs of the estate of their pilot, Eris O'Bain. The Mosser and Otto Belli families filed suit against Island Express in April and the Chester family filed in May. Bird, Sobey, and Eris' brother responded to the original lawsuit in May saying that Kobe was aware of the risk and faulted the negligence of the passengers. Island Express reiterated that Bryant was aware of the risk and disavowed responsibility, calling the crash, quote unquote, an act of God. Island Express filed a cross complaint lawsuit against two. CST air traffic controllers working for the AAA in August 2020, stating their series of erroneous acts slash or omissions caused the crash. That same month, Judge Virginia Keeney denied a motion filed by Zobayan's estate for a change of venue. The suit was filed in Los Angeles Superior Court and already had been assigned to a court in Van Nuys. Bryant amended her suit in September, naming OC helicopters as an additional defendant alleging the owner had checked and monitored weather conditions during the fatal flight. As many as eight Los Angeles County Sheriff deputies who had responded to the crash took or shared pictures on personal devices when Sheriff Villanueva learned about it, he ordered the deputies to delete the photographs. Although there was no official policy prohibiting, although there was no official policy prohibiting photographs at an accident, Villanueva called it inexcusable to have that on top of what they're to have that on top of what they've already gone through is unconscionable. And apologize to the families while calling for a state law to prohibit unauthorized photographs. Vanessa Bryant also filed suit against the sheriff's office in September 2020 over the sharing of crash scene photographs. California passed AB2655 on September 28, which states first responders who take unauthorized Photographs of victims of a crime or accident outside their job duties can be cited with a misdemeanor offense punishable by a fine of up to 1,000 American dollars per instance. Mosser's family filed a similar lawsuit against the sheriff's office in December. United States District Court Judge John F. Walter ruled the names of the deputies suspended for misconduct could be released to the public in March 2021. NTBS Investigation a spokesperson for the National Transportation Safety Board said on January 31st that Island Express Helicopters, which owned the helicopter that crashed, was not certified to fly in foggy conditions. On January 30th, the wreckage of the helicopter was transported from Los Angeles and Phoenix, Arizona for further analysis by NTSB investigators. However, the secure perimeter remained in public around the crash site pending removal of hazardous materials, especially jet fuel and hydraulic fluids by private 
hazmat cleanup crew under the supervision of the California Department of Toxic Substances Control. On February 7th, the NTSB released an investigative update regarding the crash. Preliminary findings from the NTSB update showed that there was no evidence of engine failure. The report indicates that viewable sections of the engine showed no evidence of uncontained or catastrophic internal failure, and that damage to the blades was consistent with power rotation at the time of impact. On June, two, on June 17th, the NTSB released a public docket on the crash. It contained more than 1,700 pages of factual reports on operations, survival factors, human performance, air traffic control, and aircraft performance. The docket also includes interview transcripts, photographs, and other investigative materials. On February 9, 2021, the NTSB held a meeting to determine the probable cause of the crash. The board concluded that Sobayan had flown into thick clouds contrary to DFR requirements. The resulting spatial disorientation and loss of control led to the crash. Cited likely contributing causes were self-induced pressure by the pilot to complete the flight, which is called Plan continuation bias and the inadequate oversight of Island Express over its safety management process. Flying at an, ex flying at an excessive speed for the weather conditions was also mentioned in the final report. Even if the helicopter had been equipped with a terrain awareness and warning system, it was not likely to have helped to avoid the crash due to the pilot's disorientation. The probable cause reads The National Transportation Safety Board determines that the probable cause of this accident was the pilot's decision to continue flight under visual flight rules into instrument meteorological conditions, which resulted in the pilot's spatial disorientation and loss of control. Contributing to the accident is the pilot's likely self-induced pressure and the pilot's planned continuation bias, which adversely affected his decision-making. Nyland Express Helicopters Corporate inadequate review and oversight of its safety management processes. Final report, National Transportation Safety Board. Memorials. Around 200 people gathered at the foot of the hill close to the crash, but with many wearing Brian's jerseys and holding basketballs. People also formed an impromptu memorial at the Staples Center, the home arena of the Los Angeles Lakers, the team that Brian had played for during his entire 20-year NBA career from 1996 to 2016. Just hours before the arena was scheduled to host the Grammy Awards. During the ceremony, host Alicia Keys and Boyce and performed It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday in tribute to Brian and other performers, including Lil Nas X, Lizzo, Run DMC, Aerosmith, and DJ Khaled, corporate tributes to Brian and their performances. Brian's two retired jerseys hanging in the rafters at the Staples Center were illuminated by Spotlight. A week after Brian's death, Staples Center staff began to clean up the makeshift memorial outside the arena. The promised to catalog, pack, and ship all non-perishable items to his family. Among the items thus recovered were among the items thus recovered were 1,350 basketballs as well as 25,000 candles, 5,000 signs or letters, 500 stuffed animals, 250 pairs of shoes, and 14 banners. Fans created a memorial for Bryant outside of the Kobe Bryant Gymnasium at Lower Marion High School in Ardmore, Pennsylvania, which Bryant attended from 1992 to 1996. Jerseys, dedicated basketballs, teddy bears, flowers, and candles were all laid down to memorialize Bryant. Landmarks around the world, including the Los Angeles International Airport, Madison Square Garden, the Empire State Building, and the Santa Ana Water Tower Bryant's home of Orange County, California, were lit purple and gold in Bryant's memory. On February 2nd, the world's tallest building, Burj Khalifa, 
lit up with images and tribute to Bryant and his daughter. The display was arranged by the executive chairman of Dubai Multi-Commodity Center, DMCC, Ahmad Sultan bin Salam. February 7th, Kobe and his daughter were buried in a private funeral in Pacific View Memorial Park in the Corona Dale Mar neighborhood of Newport Beach. Two days later, Bryant was also featured alongside other recently deceased figures from the film industry in the M. Memorial Montage at the 92nd Academy Awards on February 9th. Celebration of life for Kobe and his daughter were held at Staples Center on February 24, 2020. January 18th, the Academy of Television, Arts, and Sciences posthumously awarded Bryant a Governor's Award at the 72nd Los Angeles Emmy Awards in recognition of his legacy of philanthropy, community building, and inspiration extended beyond the basketball court. Composer John Williams, who Bryant worked with on his animated short film, Dear Basketball, accepted the award on his behalf. Reactions NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said in a statement, The NBA family is devastated by the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna. For 20 seasons, Kobe showed us what is possible when remarkable talent blends with an absolute devotion to winning. He was one of the most extraordinary players in the history of our game with accomplishments that are legendary. But he'll be remembered most for inspiring people around the world to pick up a basketball and compete to the very best of their ability. He was generous with the wisdom he acquired and saw it as his mission to share it with future generations of players, taking special delight in passing down his love for the game to Gianna. Greg Downer, Bryant's high school basketball coach, was completely shocked and devastated by the news and was initially too distraught to speak to the media. Downer coached Bryant Lower Marion High School in suburban Philadelphia from 1992 to 1996 on the state championship with Bryant 1996. Michael Jordan, to Bryant, was often compared to in a statement, words can't describe the pain I am feeling. I loved Kobe. He was like a little brother to me. We used to talk often. I will miss those conversations very much. He was a fierce competitor, one of the greats of the game, and a creative force. Shaquille O'Neal Bryant's Lakers teammate from 1996-2004, with whom he shared a friendship and later a heavily publicized feud, said that he was sick and had no words to express the pain. Several NBA teams paid tribute to Bryant during their games that night with intentional on-court violations referring to his uniform numbers, violations of the 24-second shot clock, and a rule requiring teams to advance the ball past midcourt within eight seconds. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar posted a video on Twitter expressing his condolences. LeBron James, who had passed Bryant on the, on the list of NBA career scoring leaders that previous night, had spoken to Bryant on the morning of the accident, posted a statement on Instagram saying, I'm heartbroken and devastated. I promise you I'll continue your legacy. Jerry West, Laker, great and general manager who had orchestrated the deal to acquire Bryant for the Lakers, said that I think the thing that resonates with me most. One person with one name, Kobe, you wouldn't have to mention his last name. It was the saddest day of his life to learn that the families in the helicopter crash had died. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban said that number 24 will never again be worn by Dallas Mavericks. Several NBA players previously wearing a Bryant's uniform numbers decided to change to new numbers in honor of Bryant. NBA later postponed the Los Angeles Lakers game against the LA Clippers, Los Angeles Clippers, that had been scheduled for January 28th, two days after the accident. The game was made up on July 30th, the second game of the NBA's return from their, from their suspension from the COVID-19 pandemic. 
which only it was originally planned to be made up on April 9th, but was postponed again due to the due to the suspension. The game ended in a Lakers 103-101 come from behind victory. On January 30th, the first game after the crash was played at Staples Center between the Clippers and the Sacramento Kings. The Clippers honored Bryant before the game by having Paul George narrate a video tribute to Bryant. The Clippers also uncovered Kobe's 8-24 retired jerseys as part of the tribute. Usually, the Clippers hide all of the Lakers' retired numbers and championship banners during their home games. The next day, the Lakers played their first game after the crash against the Portland Trail Blazers. Ahead of the match, Lakers paid tribute to Brian and all who lost their lives in the crash with the ceremony held just before tip-off with Usher singing Amazing Grace and Boys to Men, who performed at the Grammys five days prior to the Lakers' first game since the crash singing national anthem, while Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puff, Charlie Poof reunited to perform the hit See You Again at Halftime. James also delivered a speech to the crowd before the game. Every starter in the Lakers starting lineup was announced with Bryant's name. The Lakers also wore a patch with Kobe's initials for the rest of the season. The Lakers home cross to pay tribute to Kobe by placing Kobe KB logos on the back ends of the court. Kobe's numbers on the sidelines with his number eight near the Lakers bench and his number 24 near the visiting team bench. The game was the second most watched game in ESPN history averaging 4.41 million viewers. On February 15th, Commissioner Adam Silver announced that the NBA All-Star Game MVP award would be renamed to the NBA All-Star Game Kobe Bryant Most Valuable Player in Honor of Bryant. Also in the 2020 NBA All-Star Game on February 16th, each player on team Giannis wore the number, wore the jersey number 24 in honor of Kobe, while each player on team LeBron wore the jersey number two in honor of Gianna. Soon after the crash, the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield put Kobe's name in a large sign out front it fan as fans left candles and flowers in a large statue of James Naismith in front of the entrance. A vigil and moment of silence was held out inside the shrine with many fans of Bryant and the Lakers in attendance, despite it being in a strongly Celtics fans region. In addition to the Hall of Fame turning the thousands of lights of the large sphere of the shrine itself, purple and gold numerous other office buildings in downtown Springfield did as well. Several billboards on Internet 90 in Massachusetts were also dedicated to the memory of Kobe Bryant. Bryant was also inducted to the Hall of Fame class of 2020, along with Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett as players on their first years of eligibility. In May 2020, almost four months after the crash, Mamba Sports Academy reverted its name to Sports Academy by dropping the Mamba name by dropping the Mama nickname outside, out of respect to Bryant. After the Lakers won the 2020 NBA Finals, they dedicated the championship to Bryant. So, it was Team Giannis, then Gianna, okay. Other sports. They have many major league baseball, national football league, and national hockey league players. Teams and other organizations memorialized Bryant in the immediate aftermath of the crash. News of Bryant's death broke just before kickoff. News of Bryant's death broke just before kickoff of the 2020 Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl with the players finding out in their locker room. Shortly after kickoff, Bryant's death was announced in the stadium. A moment of silence was held. ABC and ESPN broke away from the coverage of the event to cover the crash. The players' interviews focused heavily on the players' connection to respect for Bryant. During pregame ceremonies for Super Bowl. 
Allies v. 2019 season. The following week, players and coaches for both teams stood at both 24-yard lines, Bryant's number, during a tribute to Bryant and the other victims. WWE paid tribute to Bryant during its 2020 Royal Rumble pay-per-view later that night, as did all elite wrestling during the week's AEW Dynamite in Cleveland with the Southern California-based stable so-called uncensored wearing Bryant jerseys to the ring. Many professional wrestlers expressed their condolences for the Bryant family. Many ATP Tour tennis players paid tribute to Bryant in the 2020 Australia Open, including Novak Djokovic, who noted, he's one of the greatest athletes of all time. He inspired myself and many other people around the world. AC Milan, Bryant's favorite soccer team growing up in Italy, wore black armbands in memory of him in their Coppa Italia match against Torino on January 28, 2020. A minute of silence was also held before the match. Many soccer players and teams paid tribute to Bryant during matches and on social media. On January 26, 2020, after scoring his second goal from penalty spot against Lil OSC, Neymar paid tribute to Bryant by striking out four fingers of his right, two fingers on his left hand to mark number 24 towards the camera, then by offering the player to have February 27, 2020, before Los Angeles FC's home match against Club Leon in the CONCACAF Champions League's LAF. C fans and building Tiffo honoring the Bryants. Team captain Carlos Bello also won armband with Kobe's initials and uniform numbers. Kobe's initials and uniform numbers. On January 27th, Super Bowl Super League Greece Club AE Larissa retired number 24 from their roster indefinitely. The NASCAR Cup Series 2020 Auto Club 400 at Auto Club Speedway, located in nearby Fontana, California, featured various tributes from drivers and teams. Ryan Blaney and William Byron drove cars with special paint schemes honoring Brian, with the formers being sponsored by Body Ammer Superdrink, a company which Bryant was an investor. Sales of two sales of toy replicas of the cars were donated to philanthropic organizations connected to Bryant. With Brian's going to after school all stars and Blaney's to Mamba on 3.org. That was William Brian, okay? Tyler Reddick's number eight car featuring a tribute sticker while Daniel Soares' race with purple and gold gloves and shoes that were uh, that were auctioned to support the Mamba on three Mamba on three fund. The track also painted number 24 decal in the infield while NASCAR conducted a pre-race sent pre-race ceremony to honor the victims. Tiger Woods was informed of the tragedy by his caddy, Joe LaCava, after finishing his final hole at the Farmers Insurance Open. He stated in the post-round interview that Bryant brought, in, brought it each and every night on both ends of the floor, and not too many guys can say that throughout NBA history. The following week, Speed J Tour was the Waste Management Open, an event that annually sees some of golf's most raculous crowds. Particularly on the 16th hole, several players, including Justin Thomas and Tony Finau, wore Bryant jerseys while playing the hole. On Sunday, the pin was placed 24 paces from the front and eight paces from the left side in honor of Bryant's jersey numbers. Formula One champion Lewis Hamilton posted on Instagram and Twitter paying tribute to Bryant along with several other former and current drivers, while Renault F1 driver Daniel Ricciardo wore a purple racing helmet with KB24 below the visor during the 2020 Formula One preseason test. 
and politics. Former White House resident Donald Trump and former presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, California Governor Gavin Newsom, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Gacciardi, and other American politicians all expressed their condolences. I don't consider Donald Trump a politician. And I think it's sad that the last White House resident to have faced so over America in the biggest way, he was the last White House resident for those nine individuals. Your last present quotations is Donald Trump for you. Lever. That's just despicable to me. That we voted somebody in. And he was their last president quotation. Mm. In popular culture, American rappers Jay Electron and Jay Z recorded the somber track. APIDTL The Night of the Helicopter Crash, later released as the final track on Jay Electronics' debut album, A Written Testimony on March 13, 2020. ESPN's L. Duncan shared an emotional story while she hosted the Sports Center show on January 27, 2020, about how proud Bryant was of being a father to his daughters. Duncan recalled, amongst other things, Bryant telling her that I would have four more girls if I could, I'm a girl dad. Duncan's story went viral, inspired other fathers across the world to celebrate their relationship ships with their daughters using hashtag girl daddy. Kanye West dedicated the song 24 from his album Donda to Bryant. Take Hiko Anu authored the basketball theme manga slam dunk posted to Bryant on Twitter. So this is all I'm gonna read and all I want to say is actually I'll read a little bit more. Rushing to share. Life Lessons from the Death of Kobe Bryant by Yusrael Picker, February 2nd, 2020. It is a a mistake to think that moving fast is the same as actually going somewhere, Steve Goody. Two and a half years ago, I read a headline titled, WhatsApp Killed My Father. Such a headline immediately grabbed my attention. What was the author talking about? What killed him was an addiction to the phone and social media that led to his death. Did someone destroy his character online, which led to a downward spiral? It was none of those. Her father was a victim of drowning, so I rage at WhatsApp. It was due to the fact that his daughter found out about it because everyone was talking about it on WhatsApp and that made her angry. This story was reminded to me today as I read a few articles about the helicopter crash in California that killed Kobe Bryant. His 13-year-old daughter said and others. There are many different aspects of the story of this crash, but I would like to focus on two specifically first. The fact that TMZ reported the fatality as quickly as they did. Second, the fact that there were reports slash rumors slash tweets that former Laker Rick Fox was also aboard the helicopter. TMZ was first to report that Kobe Bryant died in the crash. The New York Post claims that TMZ is saying that Kobe's people gave permission to publish the crash story. I have no problem with that had he been alone in the helicopter, but in reality, they only had permission to authorize reporting Kobe. There were seven people in the helicopter who were not members of the Bryant family. And the families of those seven people knew their loved ones were traveling with Kobe Bryant. And this is how they had to learn the devastating news. There's also this is there's also what happened, or rather didn't happen, to Rick Fox. Somehow rumors started going around that Rick Fox on the helicopter was dead. 
I personally saw a tweet from someone who has millions of followers spreading the news of Mr. Fox's death. Only he he was he only he wasn't dead. Nor was he even in the helicopter. This is extremely hard on Rick and his family, as Rick expressed on TV. There are important lessons to be gained from this. We need to understand that we should not be in a rush to spread information. We first need to verify it. We need to understand that even if we verified it, we need to make sure that it is a safe time to share the information. We also need to recognize that even if we've been told by one party that we can share the information, that doesn't mean that all the relevant parties are given permission to share. Even though TMZ was only reporting about the death of Kobe, the family members of those other passengers knew what that meant vis-a-vis their relatives were on board. This is an area that is extremely difficult for parents. They are basically parenting blind. There was no... They are basically parenting blind. There was no social media when they were growing up, so they, the parents, are trying to figure out how to parent. So, I'm sorry. This is an area that is extremely difficult for parents. They're basically par- parenting blind. There was no social media when they were growing up. So they, the parents, in parentheses, in parentheses, are trying to figure out how to parent it, quote-unquote, on the fly. Parents, sit down with your kids and discuss these aspects of social media with your kids. Teach them the need to confirm, help them gain the ability to make sure they are posting things that are okay to be posted, and assist them in seeing things from other angles, examples of the families. Most important, instilling them that there is no glory in being the first to post something and that there is no harm in waiting before clicking send. Whether it be online behavior or offline behavior, kids and adults should face any decision with, just a moment, let me think. Slow down, think this through carefully before I make a decision. Despite the fact that tweets can be deleted and WhatsApps can be deleted for everyone, it doesn't mean it undoes the damage it did when it was posted. The Azorel Picker is a social worker who lives in Jerusalem. He has a private practice specializing in working with people of all ages, helping them understand their own thought processes, enabling them to improve their level of functioning, awareness, social skills, and more. To contact Yisrael about speaking at a child safety event or to discuss a personal case, email him at yisroel at ympicker.com. This is what I want to say. I also remember that Kobe got an Oscar. And I was proud of him for getting his Oscar. 2018. Another story I saw was that um, Kobe was making plans to collaborate with Chat with Bosman. And I find it eerie that they both died in the same year. And that Chat would express condolences for Kobe's death. And then in August of that year, he passed away. Chadwick Boseman passed away around the same time I started my podcast. That week I started my podcast, the same week that Chadwick Boseman uh, passed away. Um, I 
I think when people are grieving, they often say and do disrespectfulness, unnecessariness, and heartlessness. And then I think about how Toby and uh, Chatwood took a picture together. And they didn't get a chance to work together. Um, I think about how So many people I'm just really struggling with what happened, so bear with me. Um, so many people have to understand that sometimes the weather is your friend and other times it's not your friend. I remember watching Kobe high school and seeing that, you know, he... played outstandingly, game kept growing, eventually he blossomed to what he was. And what people have to understand is, is that So many public figures are targeted. You know, they have to deal with written and oral insults to them, their loved ones, family, anybody connected to them. Anything around strangers happens. I think the NBA should really take more of an initiative. Hopefully, they're doing that in uh, preserving the mental health of players and former players current and retired players. And a lot of times there could be yes people with you as a celebrity and it could cause death. I'm not sure if that was a Bain situation, but reports I read when it says self-induced, they're basically saying he was one of those yes people and that led to his tragic death. And there are times where I couldn't watch Kobe play, Kobe play for many months in terms of highlights after his death. I was too depressed. 
And, you know, I see his picture and posters all over the world. And it was too depressing. And so I just watched a little bit on Instagram him winning a dunk contest as a rookie. But I decided to take it easy on watching Kobe because... I don't want to depress myself in any kind of way. Um, give people their flowers while they're here. Don't wait till they die to do so. Respect your fans enough to give them all the years of your life. That doesn't mean put your fans over you. It means continue to role model well for your fans without perfectionism. And um, in closing, I want to say that. Um, As human beings, we have to understand that some risks are worth taking and some are not. So in closing, closing, I just say, treat public figures as human beings and they're human just like us. Don't make them God and don't worship them. Thank you for hearing my heart.